Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading the book of Jude. And wow, did anyone wake up this morning, read the chapter, and wonder what in the world is going on? First of all, it feels kind of weird calling it a book since it's only one chapter. Second, authoritative angels, a punishment of eternal fire, the angel Michael contending with the devil. These are not the typical passages we read with our morning coffee. Yet, as is the case with all scripture, we've got to ask the same questions. What does this passage mean? How can I personally live differently in response to what I'm reading? What's the application? If we really believe all scripture is God-breathed, then even in a crazy passage like this, we can find truth from, because there is, truth from the Lord and application for our lives. And as the chapter begins, Jude describes a certain type of person. He says, Certain people, they've crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And in this verse, it's verse 4, scholars believe he's describing apostasy. Apostasy can present itself as either what appears to be a gradual falling away from right theology and acceptance of heresy, or as a total and blatant rejection of the Christian faith. Now, as a reminder, We can't lose our salvation, so this apparent, gradual falling away and acceptance of heresy would mean the person wasn't ever saved to begin with. And here at the beginning of the chapter, Jude defines the character of apostasy. Let me read verse 4 again. Certain people have crept in unnoticed who long were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Some interpreters have believed that the progression, the order of events in this this verse, are noteworthy, demonstrating how apostasy actually develops or becomes apparent. It moves from ungodliness to licentiousness. That means license to sin. They pervert the grace of God into permission for sensuality or sexual immorality. And then it ultimately leads to the denial of Christ. They start with ungodly behavior. They then claim grace excuses their sinful behavior and then they deny Christ altogether. And after describing apostasy, Jude helps us better understand where it leads as he presents three groups destined for judgment and some individual characters. So three groups, the Jews who forgot God, the angels who rebelled, and the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. All these people, verse 8, blaspheme or reject Christ. And then some individuals, the angel Michael and Enoch are two of them. They were marked by faithfulness, those two. There's a contrast here, which is definitely something for us to think on and observe. But Michael immediately raises some questions because this story about Michael and Moses's body and Satan is nowhere else in the Bible. But beyond that, if we're really honest, a lot of us just don't know much about angels to begin with. And in verse 6, we read, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling— He, meaning God, has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. There was a group of angels who didn't stay in their privileged position near God, but left it in rebellion and therefore summoned or um, beckoned God's wrath. 
They rejected the privilege and purpose God had given them, and this choice had a big consequence. Now, scholars have differing views as to what Jude is specifically referring to here, but one common belief is that Jude might be referring to the moment when rebellion in the heavens occurred and Satan was ultimately expelled from heaven, that moment when Satan became the Satan we're familiar with today, the fallen angel. Here in verse 6, a group of angels who have rejected God are awaiting his judgment while chained up. Think about it as if this group of rebellious angels is currently in jail. In Constable, a theologian, he says, These angels who are in jail appear to be different angels than Satan's agents who are, who are at work in the world today, namely the demons who have considerable freedom. Because remember, they're chained up. Jude's point in this illustration was that the apostates in his day, those who had rejected Christ, they'd rejected the gospel, had also, in addition to, to that, abandoned a position of great privilege and blessing, namely the opportunity to serve and glorify God while here on this earth. So God would, in a similar way to the angels, judge them severely because of their departure. They'd left a position of great privilege and purpose. In Christ, we've got a clear mission. But when you reject Christ, that mission, that clarity of purpose, it goes away. It's tragic. Constable also said, The point of contrast between the false teachers and Michael is not that Michael in this dialogue with the devil treated the devil with respect and had a civilized conversation. And the moral or the meaning behind the story is not that we should just be polite to the devil or be polite even to the devil. The point of contrast is that Michael could not reject the devil's accusations on his own authority. Even though the devil was motivated by malice and Michael recognized that his accusation was slanderous, the devil had evil intentions and was spreading lies, Michael could not himself dismiss the devil's case on his own authority because he was not the judge. All he could do was ask the Lord, who alone is judge, to condemn Satan for his slander. It's verse 9. But when the angel Michael, contending with the devil, he's having a conversation with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. He said, the Lord rebuke you. At the end of the day, God is God and we are not. He is the judge, and he searches people's hearts and intentions and beliefs. There's things we don't understand and things that we sort of understand but are sometimes confusing. And at the end of the day, we don't have to understand or know everything. The important thing is that we personally know truth. We cling to it, we live it out, and we return to it when other messages or voices start to enter the picture. God's God. He's God as kids. We can't lose our salvation. And if you need a reminder, check out 1 John 5, 11 through 13, or John 5, 24, or Romans 10, 9 through 10. Because once once we're saved, we're chosen, redeemed, a royal priesthood, we're given identity and purpose and a position of great value. God's like, hey, you're my kid. You're valuable. I don't love you because of what you do or how you perform, but because you've said you believe in me. Our hearts should be deeply grieved when we see people reject this message of truth because their eternal destination is one of great pain. But we should also be grieved because they're they're missing out on living a life of purpose in the meantime. But just because we see someone rejecting truth or going astray 
doesn't mean we know exactly where they're going to end up. Michael said to the devil, in a situation where I think the ultimate outcome's pretty obvious, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't do it himself. He knew God was and still is God. He knew who he was in light of who God is. We're not the judge. Just because we see a friend going astray and resembling something that might sound like or seem like apostasy doesn't mean their future is hopeless. Who knows what God could do in the coming days or what he's done for them in the past? Once saved, always saved, God is the judge. Thanks for listening, and I'm praying we'll we'll be encouraged today as God is a God of love, not, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. He's a good judge, a trustworthy one. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.